What's going on, world? And welcome back to the Pursuit of the Good Life podcast, where we talk about how to enhance your relationships and crush your career goals. I'm your host, the Cameron Lovelace, not joined by Dr. Benson. Dr. Benson had uh, a death in the family, so we gave her the week off, and we agreed that she should just take this week off. So this week, I have a return guest is my lovely wife, the Sparkle <laughs> Lovelace. Sparkle, what's going on? Everything's good, Mr. Lovelace. How are you? I am fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, how you feel to be back on the show? Feels back good. <laughs> Feels good. I mean, I always like being next to my husband, so, uh-huh. you know, I'm here to support whenever I can. <laughs> Of course, of course. But this is not entanglement part three. No. So dude, we're not going to be talking about <laughs> Will and Jada again. Um, but we're really going to be adding some value because y'all know I don't want to talk about relationships the whole time. I want to talk about how to help you guys get from one level to the next. So this week, I definitely wanted to talk about um, a different perspective because if you guys did not know, if you didn't hear in her voice inflection in the last podcast, we didn't address it. <laughs> but my wife is from the beautiful country of the Bahamas. And so she had a, li- a different, not only a different upbringing, but her experience in emerging into adulthood was very different than what I what what I came through and from other people from listeners from you guys you probably having a completely different experience so we're gonna talk a little bit about that and coming from that perspective um because I think there's some value in that as well but first um we have to talk about am I tripping or not so you know sometimes on the show we have have a (laughs) am I tripping or not and then it's like am I tripping or does or, or am I right? Okay, okay. <laughs> so it's funny because most of the time I'll be talking about you when I be in the, am I tripping or not because it'd be like, am I tripping <laughs> or does the male da 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 Yeah, da, yeah, da. yeah, yeah. So this week, um, am I tripping? Okay. Or um, does nobody seem to just know what's going on? Because the school districts, like sometimes they say, they say we're going virtual, mm-hmm. we're not going virtual. Mm-hmm. The government is like, you know, uh, we're not going to give funds to school, but now the now they're walking back and saying, exactly. okay, okay, now we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so nobody really knows what's going on in 2020. Mm-hmm. So, like, am I, is that, am I tripping or is that just, like... Nah, I don't really think... <laughs> I don't think you tripping. I just feel like everybody just um, not thinking about what's really going on and everyone just want to put their input and not really, like, scale back and give like an actual plan per Mm -hmm. se because i was driving home on the way um from work today and um i heard that shelby counties was giving um about 25 percent of students like laptops and stuff to do their homework virtually Mm -hmm. so i mean i thought it was a good idea but as far as your question no you're not tripping everybody just all over the place with this Literally, we nobody know what's going to be happening in the next few weeks, next months, next year, per se. Mm-hmm. So, we just going with the boat flow, going with the flow right now. So, let me also say that it is so important um, to go out and vote for your people um, mm-hmm. because the people in leadership are the ones who are making this decision, decision right? And so. Um, I know specific, particularly here in Memphis, we have early voting is going on right now, and then election day 
is August 6th, I think. So okay. whatever your local places is, make sure you go out and exercise your right to vote because those are the people who make these decisions. Right, right. So they have an agenda, like supporting businesses versus people. Like if that doesn't align with your interests, then you need to go out and represent and, yourself. Right. And I think that's very important because um, all the time you will see people giving their input saying, oh, they wish this and this now with the case, but... You the main one sitting home not voting. You you don't know who you, the various candidates are. You don't know what to even vote on. So how could you even have a say on something if you not even going out there and, and putting your foot down and marking us that X next to the name that you think will lead us in the right path? So, yes, I do agree. Even though I cannot vote, I true do bad, agree true that, true that true y'all should go there and do what y'all got to do, especially with people like us who can't vote, per se, and living in the United States, because we want change, too. Like, we could speak all we want, but we can't do it unless y'all go there and do what y'all got to do. Great. So let's segue into that. Um, <laughs> so speak. So talk a little bit about what it's like or what your experience was like growing up to the, into the Bahamas, mm-hmm. because, you know, from the American perspective... I, I won't speak for all Americans, but I, from mm-hmm. my perspective, mm-hmm. it was always, it's, it's sunshine, it's beach, <laughs> everybody has a beach in their backyard, you know, we eating, you know, island foods, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's just all peachy king, everything's right. just great. Right. Um, so tell me a little bit about your experience growing up in the Bahamas. Okay. I mean, for me, um, I grew up in a household with um, a mother and a father, my um, parents um, are married, still is married up to this day. Celebrated about 28, because I'm 27. They celebrated 28 years of mm-hmm. marriage this year. Um, I grew up being the only girl. I was the oldest child between my parents. And I have four younger brothers. Um, in that scenario, I'd say I had it pretty good. Considering I have both parents in my life, I get direction from my father and I get the girl aspect from my mother. But I am closer to my dad than my mom. Mm-hmm. Like my, me and my daddy's best friends. And growing up, I never had like the quote unquote girl talk where, I mean, father daughter talk where you'd be like, um, let's talk about sex or boys and stuff like that uh, <laughs> because yeah. I never wanted to discuss them kind of things with my parents. Even though we was close, I just feel like the the window was not there for, per se to talk mm-hmm. about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I never wanted to discuss. So every boyfriend I had, they did not know about it. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as that aspect, um, growing up, I always was independent and I got that from my dad. Um I always had a job, so like from grade, I'd say eight or nine, mm-hmm. I had a I had a job. I wanted my own money. I wanted to spend my money. I didn't want to lean on my parents for anything. That's just how I was was raised. My dad always told me, "Don't let a man have to do everything for you." So, um, go in there and do what you got to do. So from then, from young, I was able to go eh, go ahead and work. The difference between working in the Bahamas and over here is the minimum wage is very, very low. Right. Like low. I know when I was working, the minimum wage was like, minimum wage was like five dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it is over here. It's like ten, I think. So depending on the state, it it uh it fluctuates. So like mm-hmm. for example, in Arkansas, mm-hmm. for a little while, it was like 
five twenty five. I remember like when I was a teenager, minimum wage was like five twenty five. Yeah. But then it like went all the way up. I think it's like at eight dollars. Okay. But that's Arkansas. I yeah. don't know what other states are doing. Right. So back then and then, you wasn't really thinking about the wages per se because you just was all about you get money and you young and you get to buy your own food, you get to buy your own clothes, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So I wasn't really thinking about the wages back then. But as I'm older now, mm-hmm. it's like I ain't settling for no true that, true that, true that. couple dollars an hour. Like, I get bills. I got a host. I got phone. I got to pay for school. Like, mm-hmm. all these different stuff. Me and you got stuff together right, that right. we got to pay off. So, right. um, I'd say having that mindset where I was able to um, be able to work and make my own help me mm-hmm. later on in life at this day and age. Just saying, I ain't just let Cam do all the work. Right. But let me ask you a little bit of this. So mm-hmm. America, I, as as you've come to realize, American is a very capitalistic society mm-hmm. um, where things like credit, things about mm. buying status, buying a new car, like that was more of that. That's the culture and environment that I was of raised course, in. Yeah, right. So tell me, tell, tell the audience, because okay. I've really experienced it and seen it. Mm-hmm. It's it's different in the Bahamas. It's very like, none different. Of, like that isn't the the perspective right um okay growing up i didn't know nothing about credit i didn't know what credit was all i know is you can use the credit card swipe swipe get what you need you ain't got to pay right there and there but um like over here you gotta use your you have you have to have a good credit score to get a good house or a low down payment on the car right Mm mm-hmm um, back home, I think everything is mostly done with cash, per se. I don't even, I never heard my parents discuss about credit ever, unless it's like paying off a credit card that they might have gotten, if they ever got one, mm-hmm. per se. Um, but credit, I really didn't learn about credit until I get with this man next to me. Like, that's just something we just did not discuss. Credit score, what is that? <laughs> like what really is that like we did everything by cash i didn't know what it was i didn't get my first car until 2017 i didn't know credit credit a credit score was not needed for me because i didn't have stuff that used credit mm-hmm. my parents house was paid off by my grandparents so right. we don't ha- we didn't have to discuss what it is to pay mortgage every month or um what it is to pay down on a host because our house was paid for so and I they, had it, and they still live in the house, and they still live in the house today. Like I had it very much different because my grandparents did a lot in the forerun um, mm. for my parents that led the way to where we at today. But credit, <laughs> we did not have that at all. That's true. Um, but tell, but so in the so when I speak about capitalism, mm-hmm. that's of course you know. Well, let me say from my perspective, capitalism kind of represented you do what you can to achieve all that you can achieve, Mm -hmm. to make as much money as you can do, to do all the things you can do at the highest level. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes that means monetarily, sometimes that means career. Mm -hmm. So the conversations that were had in my house were about, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And how do you want to do it and how much money do you want to make and da 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 da. Right. Um, more, I, so it was kind of more status related. So 
that was not the that was not the that conversations not, that, that were had in the Bahamas. So what what kind of conversations were were you guys had? Well, let me don't say in the Bahamas. Let me say in my well, your household. My, my yeah. household, like growing up, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I always knew I wanted to do track. So literally, athletics was the only thing we mostly talked about in the house. Mm-hmm. So you was kind of different from me because you have a mother that discussed those kind of things because that's how she was raised and that's what she developed in her life. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that's how she was raised. I think that's what she did not have growing up. So she right. made sure that was important for us to right. have. Yeah. Right. So so that's why I feel like I would be able to carry on when I become a mother is developing that. But as far as um, talking to his kids, my dad, my mom, talking to us about how you going to get there. Goals. Goals setting. setting like, five-year plan, ten-year plan. Like, we never gone through that because everything was all about athletics. Mm-hmm. And knowing where we want to go, but we never actually wrote down a plan to say how we going to actually achieve this. Right. So that was the major difference between how I was raised and you was raised. Right. And I think it was also... What's interesting that I that I see from the outside perspective mm-hmm. is that since it's not a capitalistic perspective, it's a collectivism perspective. Mm-hmm. Like everybody just contributes True. to the household exactly. to help everybody out instead of you go out and do your thing. Right. And you go start your family and you go do this. Like, right. It's I don't know if you like <laughs> it just said this is how it is, but it's kind of like understood amongst you and your four brothers Mm -hmm. that everybody that's here contributes to the whole house exactly and 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 i could say that's different from um your culture because at a certain age y'all kick y'all cheering oh yes (laughs) like 18 you grown get out which is so not the case right they kick their children out but as far as I can only speak for the Bahamas. I can't speak for the whole Caribbean. I'm pretty sure everybody kind of the same. Mm-hmm. But as far as the Bahamas, it doesn't matter the age. Like, people still live in their, their parents' house over 30. So, like... Mm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You <laughs> over 30? Over 30, yes. So, basically, if I was in the Bahamas, I would still potentially be at my mom's house. Yeah, I could I could potentially be... If I wasn't with you, I probably would have still been in my parents' house, too. Wow, Okay. <laughs> Cause it's and, that like, been, and that's perfectly okay. And that's perfectly okay because it's like you move out when you feel like you're ready, when you get all your ducks in a row. Like you don't just go out and you won't get no support because that's where it leads to, oh, my family don't support me and hatred and stuff like that, especially if you don't get it all together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, mm-mm, I'd have still been in my parents' house stocking up my money. Mm-hmm. That's how you get to stock up your money if you ain't ready to go there. But then again, some people just get too lax about it. Right. That's when you start stacking up your money and you just sitting Sitting there. there. And then trying to move out. That's when you got to be like, okay, now nah, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Especially if you get two, three, four kids and you still in your parents' house. Nah. <laughs> that's true, too. That's, that's where, you're, where you got to put your foot down. But in the Bahamas, our culture, we don't, we don't kick... Uh, children out that early like when you ready you ready when you get your money together when you married and able to move out and get a house then that's what you do wow <laughs> so yeah 27 so 27 years old 27 you, years old i'll still be in my parents house. potentially potentially if i didn't know if, like yeah if i didn't have money mm-hmm. and i just needed to 
make some money. And that goes back into you don't make that much money in in jobs over there. Right, because minimum wage is because minimum wage is so, very low. So wait, so let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. there is there there are well, there's now a university. It was a college, and then they transitioned to a university. Mm-hmm. There, but there is education over there. Yes. So what was the what was kind of the the career path? typical career path for somebody who's not in I know you're I know you your household you said you know track doctor mm-hmm, mm-hmm, blah blah mm-hmm, blah mm-hmm. and but from my understanding like your perspective on becoming a doctor always meant I have to leave Bahamas or did you or did you see yourself staying in the Bahamas becoming a doctor see I didn't I don't know well like I say we didn't I didn't have no plan all I know is I right. wanted to be a doctor I didn't care where it was gonna be I just know for college I wanted to be out of the Bahamas that was just for you personally for me personally gotcha yeah so as far as the education I cannot speak on University of the Bahamas because I did not attend there um so I cannot really give my opinion mm-hmm. or give words that I can speak on but I can say it at, from people who I have watched they take a longer time to finish their major for some odd reason. Like some classes is be don't be offered until like a third semester yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, like it's something like that. As you know, like a lot of people just take a longer time and and some of the things people like to be is teachers. See a lot of teachers, see a lot of doctors. We have a lot of doctors that go to um University of West Indies and they do that program through there and then they mm, come through okay. and become doctors in the Bahamas. Um, yeah, so doctors, teachers, I mean, regular pilots. I know a lot of pilots go um, to the United States, though. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can't really speak. The only thing I can speak on the University of Bahamas is that they take a longer time to arrive at your one major. So if you want it to be, let's right. say your thing takes, your major takes four years. Some people be like, Six, seven, eight years before they graduate. Good lord! Literally, which I, which kind of reflects kind of the the all for one and one for all mentality of the family. Because mm-hmm. if I got, you know, my daughter who is eighteen and mm-hmm. just starting college, it might take her eight years to finish her degree because of that. So mm-hmm. she has to stay home because her focus is on school. On school, right? But at the same time, she's probably working. So she can't put all her ducks into school, so she has to work a little That's bit. That's another thing. And so she might get a job. Like, I know um, Sheeta, she works for the police. Mm-hmm, so she works mm-hmm. for the defense police, force. the defense force. Mm-hmm. Got my people that, you know, work at the shoe store like you did. Yeah. Um, you just got people who, who will get jobs just to help out because you're exactly. in the house. Exactly. So, you in the house. So, like, I know mm-hmm. my parents, you ain't sit up in the house and you ain't contributing at least to the light bill, mm-hmm. at least to groceries. To, to the phone bill, like, you need to contribute to something. So, on top of you going to school mm-hmm. and trying to help, that also makes the time longer for you to graduate. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so before we before I ask about, like, your transition mm-hmm. to adulthood into uh, where we met at UCA, uh-huh. um, I first, I forgot to ask this question first, is what was your, what is now mm-hmm. your... Your idea of a good life. So when I say the good life, mm-hmm. what is what is what do you picture? Because for me, it was always wife, kid, house, dog, big house, mm-hmm. big house, wife, <laughs> dog, kids. kids. <laughs> that's what I that's what I pictured mm-hmm. originally. For me, I still I feel like I'm still trying to figure out my good life. Mm-hmm. But 
what I want okay. for my life is I have a husband. Always wanted a husband. A good, godly, loving husband. I got that. <laughs> I got the house that I want. Um, don't have my dream cars yet. But that eventually come. I want a life where I'm not living paycheck to paycheck, and I'm in route of doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want a life where I'm just happy. I'm not worried about nothing. Um, everything will be paid for. I wouldn't have to worry about how we, how I'm gonna eat. I'm not gonna worry about how my kids gonna eat. Um, mm-hmm. I just want a life where everything is just worry free. That's mm-hmm. basically, in a nutshell, what I want. Did you grow up wor- having a little bit of worry? Um, at one point, I was worried about how um, school was going to be paid for, mm-hmm. um, considering that only my dad was working and still does. My mom is a whole, um, what's it called? Housewife. Mm-hmm. My mom is a housewife, so it was only my dad doing everything. So it was like right, I need right. to do what I got to do to get a scholarship because I don't want everything to lean on my parents to have to pay for me. So because they've done so much over the years, so I just felt like something have to shake. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So great. Um, so now I want to transition to your journey. Over here from Nassau, <laughs> she's from Nassau, the capital, by the way, mm-hmm. from Nassau to the United States. Because mm-hmm. you had been, because you were a track star, mm-hmm. you had been to the United States multiple times before. Yes. College trips, track meets, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But so when you transitioned, because you took a gap year. I did. Essentially, kind of a forced gap year, but you took a gap year nonetheless. I did. And <laughs> then you went to UCA mm-hmm. um, in 2011. So tell me what that process was like for you. Cause... From graduating high school to yes. college? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, um, I was still trying to figure out how I was going to get to school, off to school, because um, like you said, I did do track. I had a lot of scholarships, but my leading up to senior year, I tore my hamstring. So I was like, okay, all the scholarship money gone. Nobody want me. What I'm going to do? I do not want to be in the Bahamas to go to college of the Bahamas at the time. time yeah. Now the university. Um, because I just felt like I needed to advance myself. Mm-hmm. I needed to take my talents outside of the Bahamas. You know? And so um, I took one year off to just work. I just, I just work because I just need to stack up some money and figure out how I'm going to go off to school and I just know I wanted to be far away from the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. So um, after I graduated in 2010, then I got a call saying, hey, we saw you, we want you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, this is the only school for a scholarship? Why not? Mm-hmm. Who not going to go off on a free scholarship? You don't want to pay for nothing. Your parents don't want to pay for nothing. You, you only got to show up and sign papers. Right. So that's what I did, and then um, I went to the University of Central Arkansas, and um, from there, I did my five years because <laughs> I majored in the science, and doing a science and track is not, <laughs> what's the word, what's the quote for the faint at heart? Yes. That's the quote, because it usually the major takes about four years, but I took Five years to complete mine, considering it just, we was gone every weekend for track, every single weekend. And then um, when it came to the fifth year, I wanted to cry. (laughs) (laughs) 
the reason why I wanted to cry is because the scholarship money does. I had to finish a summer course. The scholarship money does not cover summer, so I was like, "What am I gonna do? I'm in this job that um, it's minimum wage. I'm I barely making money. I don't want to ask my parents. What am I gonna do?" So, um, after the course, I get an email saying, "Your your fifth year of school was paid for in full." Do you <laughs> listen to me? Listen to me, when I could uh, jump and scream, jump off a building, do every single thing, do praise dance, do praise shout. Like, that was the best feeling in the world to know that my coach took the time out to say he going to pay for my schooling, even though it wasn't even supposed to be covered. And that right there, I was just thankful for. So, um, transition over to that. Moving to Memphis is the next step. Hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, <laughs> before we get there, okay, let's, okay. Let's, let's back up to, okay. to Conway because you kind of just... <laughs> no, 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 back up. Okay. Had you ever visited Conway, Arkansas before? Never. So you just took this leap of faith. This man called you on this phone who you had or were familiar with, were not familiar with. Mm-hmm. I. He uh, didn't know you, who you were? Or person, you knew who he was? Did you know? I did not know who he was. The person okay. who contacted him is who I knew. I did not know him. Gotcha. Yeah. So he called so he calls you and said, Hey, saw that you, you know, you a good runner. Mm-hmm. Wanna give you a full ride, mm-hmm. get you over here, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So you say you working at the chew store <laughs> for a year, doing was about to fall into the rotation that typically most Bahamians fall into, helping mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And then you say, I'm going to go to this place. Conway who? Where? Right. I know about Arkansas because I did want to go to U of A. Right. But I just, I never knew about Central Arkansas. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go, so you go touchdown into Central Arkansas. Right. You, your mom, your dad, I assume. Or did they just send you by yourself? Um, I think the first time my dad came with me. Okay. So. Yeah. Dad came with you. Mm-hmm. You guys get off the plane. I'm guessing get a rental car. Mm-hmm. Go because there's no Uber at the time. Yeah. So then you <laughs> go to University of Central Arkansas and boom, you're on campus. Tell me about that first year. The first year away from home and that the was it a culture shock? Or no. Was it? Oh, it was. Okay. Well, it wasn't me. a cult. It wasn't a culture shock or nothing. I was happy. I was away from. Everybody, I just wanted to be a nothing against my beaming people. I love my beaming people. I just wanted a different atmosphere, a different scenery of people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go and meet new people. I wanted to just have new set of friends, you know. Um, mm-hmm. that first year, I thought it was pretty good. Um, as far as settling in, I was in an all girls dorm. Um, and we was on uh, all on the second floor was just track girls. Mm, so please. all of us was there smingling because we see each other every day at practice and then come home, shower, same rotation every day, go to classes. Um, as far as track per se, I felt like that first year was was just boom for me. I was not performing the way I needed to perform. Keep in mind, I, I did not get... I took a year off and I did not get my hamstring worked out you didn't rehab i did not rehab Mm -hmm. at all so it was a struggle as far as that per se but as far as settling in it was no culture shock at all it ain't much difference between the bahamas and 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 the united states honestly we right next door to florida so in nothing different the only thing might be different is y'all experience snow we don't we have (laughs) (laughs) 
We don't have no snow. It's always good weather. Seventies is is the lowest it usually get. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always sunny. Um, I mean, good food. I mean, different food. We like a lot of seafood. Mm-hmm. I mean, like conch and snapper and fi- um, them kind of fish and stuff like that. But I had never heard of it. You never heard of snapper? Not before I got with you. Oh, <laughs> but it, honestly, I never. I was never shocked. Like mm-hmm. how people say they believe in culture shock. Ain't no culture shock was with me. It wasn't no flip side. Mm-hmm. These are the, the other band. So, because you actually were in a unique position where you were one of the only. Bahamians. That came. Or one mm-hmm. of the first, or one of the first, if mm-hmm. not the first. First female. Yeah, you were the first female. I, that I know of. Yeah, mm-hmm. to come. And then there was this mass exodus, mm-hmm. it seemed like, after, after just wave after wave after wave of Bahamians. But since you were, um, I forgot my question. Since you were like the first female there, mm-hmm. was you said for you that was actually refreshing. Yeah. It was refreshing. I wanted to meet new people. Like, I wanted to be. Honestly, if I could have it where I was the only woman there in school for my whole... <laughs> selfish. My whole, yes. Uh-huh. But I do appreciate the um everyone who came after me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, because I um, met my first... I mean, my first American best friend being within my first year of attending college. Mm-hmm. And to this day, me and her like this. Like, we, like, we don't talk as often as we used to. But we still best friends, and like I appreciate that. I appreciate all the friends that I met. I appreciate all the people who I've came in contact with in my um college years. But the being the only beaming that was that was good because everyone would be like, "Oh, she from the Bahamas." Um, say this, say this word. Shaking my head. And so then you was so you was taking a full advantage of. I the, was because appeal. people was to be like at the time, me and them was not together. People been all all the guys have been like, ooh, her voice sexy, her accent sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you take a full advantage. Of course I was. What you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you live in so so you like this is the life. Mm-hmm. This is good. I get to pursue my education for free. Track right. might not be good, but still am good. And mm-hmm. so okay. So now it's time to graduate. Right. And then that's around the, the time that we got together. And of mm-hmm. course, you decided to take your talents to Memphis and join me here. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me what that experience was like. No, tell me OPT. Okay. Tell me about that. OPT experience. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, yeah, OPT is optional practical training, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So that is where you can work within your major for a year. And if you major in a science, um, in science, technology, engineering, or mathematics, you could uh, extend that OBT for two more years. So you do that after you um, graduate with your undergrad or um, your master's. So for me, that was a struggle because I didn't have nobody who I could like call on and say, how do you do this process? What do you start off with? Like, and then in the middle of it, the person who was um, dealing with all my information messed it up. <laughs> and then she left, didn't she? Then she left. Yeah. So, um. y'all, when I say this was the most tedious process ever, the mm-hmm. most tedious, because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know I was supposed to file within a certain amount of time before I graduate. Everything was just going off 
everything was just going wrong. And then I went home. I wasn't supposed to go home. So I had to rush back. No, I must mention this. <laughs> I was told I was not supposed to go home because my application is still processing. You're not supposed to leave the, the United States. And I left him after I graduated. I left him in July. Yeah. I left him in July of 2016. And y'all, I did not have no money. Did not have no job. So I was like, how am I supposed to get back to the United States and I ain't get no money? Like, I need to get on the first flight out. So I talked to him about it, y'all. I was crying. I was just upset about the whole process. Because I just come home and I wanted to spend time with my family. And, and here I am, have to return back to the United States so I don't get, um, so my application won't get denied. Anyway, fast forward. This wonderful husband of mine decided he gonna pay for my ticket. Y'all, when I say I could have break down and just run across the ocean and kiss this man, like, that's literally what I could have done. Like, he was so supportive and he was just like, okay, it made no sense crying and boohooing. We got to do what we got to do. So, he paid for my ticket to come back over here. <laughs> so, um, when he paid for my ticket, I was able to come back over here and get everything squared away. And then I came back to University of Central Arkansas so I could speak to somebody in person to know to make sure I submit submit what I needed to in the correct order. And then the good thing from that mm-hmm. is when I checked my um mailbox, I had a check from the IRS. To pay, to help pay for it, yeah. To help pay for everything because I had to resubmit my application because it was um denied the first time. So I had to resubmit my information. I was like, where are you going to get this money from? The IRS had a check in my mailbox that they owed me. So so let's back up for a second. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me and our listeners mm-hmm. that once you graduate, once you graduated college, worked your five hard five years in biology, mm-hmm. that you just couldn't just go out and just apply for a job? No, it, it's hard for behemoths out here. It's hard for internationals. N- internationals out here. Like, you it's so much things you gotta apply for in order for you to just work like Mm -hmm. if you wanna um just be able to work in your major that alone is the hardest thing because how much jobs y'all know there just for biology majors let's really think about that it's either you gonna be a teacher or a lab assistant and i wasn't trying to be none of that (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't trying Uh to do none of that and then as far as the work visa per se you know how much money that costs the work visa alone costs a lot of money. Like you gotta put so much money. If you if it was you like three hundred plus per right? No, the work visa is like four something. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think. Oh never mind. Go ahead. It's yeah. your story. <laughs> <laughs> so like if you're not working and saving up, like you gotta put a lot of money up front. Like it is so And keep in mind you were a broke college student at the time. Broke. It's so hard for Caribbean um students, Caribbean people on the whole, to be able to work in the United States. And when there's a change of government and a change in presidents, it got even worse because the prices went even higher. Mm-hmm. So it is a struggle for us out here. Like, in order for us to stay in the States, it's a struggle. Else we get kicked out and go back back home and you, you're not allowed to come back. If mm-hmm. you, um, like, if you overstay, you're welcome. Right. So, so for those of y'all who are having a hard time keeping up. So 
you're what you're explaining to me is mm-hmm. that after you came to UCA, you got your you got your four 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 year well five year five degree. Year degree. <laughs> um, it isn't easy for you to just go out and apply for a job. You mm-hmm. have to get a visa mm-hmm. of some sort mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. to even stay because you come on a student visa. Right. And so since your time as a student was over, mm-hmm. you then needed another, an additional visa Correct. to remain over here. Right. And so for that, they encourage y'all to do the OPT, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you get a job within your major for, I think it's a year. Usually. Well, yeah. And so for a year, um, but that visa costs quite a bit of money, right. especially if, mind you, you're on your own in a whole nother country and these conversations aren't being had with you right. in the beginning. Right. It's like, surprise, here's an OPT, this mm-hmm. costs 400 plus dollars mm-hmm. and we need you to have all this paperwork and have it here submitted by this date. Right. And so what you're telling us is that that did not happen for you. Did not. So <laughs> you had to figure that out kind of on the back end. Right. And so... So we get so we get the OPT squared away. Mm-hmm. You come you come back mm-hmm. and you actually work with a person that is competent in person, walks you through the paperwork, mm-hmm. and you get that squared away. Right. So then came the 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 period of no working. So tell us about oh. tell us about that. Okay. When you are applying for a job, y'all know you don't get um, a response back immediately. Mm-hmm. So I've been applying, 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 applying. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Everything denied. Or the famous one was we found a better candidate for this position. Mm-hmm. I kept repeatedly getting that response in emails. And I was like, what is going on, y'all? Like, this was from August, mm-hmm. September, October, November, December. So... Uh, um, so you you were approved for your OPT in it? August, I think. Oh, September. September. One September. September. Mm-hmm. Oh, twenty sixteen. So, and also, so keep in mind, keep in mind your process for those of you who have went to college and mm-hmm. just started applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. How long it took you to find a job in your major, mind you, because you can't get you can't just get any job for her. No. Right. It was you have to get a specific type of job. Mm-hmm. And you had to find a job within, what was it, 90 days, 100 days? Within, yeah, 90 days. Within 90 days or else. You got to go back home. You got to go back home. Mm-hmm. So, that's your pre- so that's your pressure. Once you, as soon as you get the approval, you got to find a job within 90 days. Mm-hmm. So that pressure. Now, shout out, shout out to dad who <laughs> um, helped us right. in, in this scenario because on paper, we had her under his business because my right. dad has his own fitness business right so we put her basically on the payroll right just to make it look like she has a job right until she finds the real job she's right. gonna switch mm-hmm. um but tell us tell tell how you were feeling during that time what um what uh, it was like at you well you alluded to a little bit of it okay yeah i was frustrated i think that was the main thing i was stressed out um i didn't know what to do i just felt like I was helpless, per se, because I couldn't buy food. (laughs) I couldn't pay for an apartment, let alone. I just couldn't do nothing. I was crying every day. I was constantly emailing, like, 10. I was constantly applying to 10 jobs a day, basically, or even more. Like, I'll be like, babe, I applied to this, I applied to this. He'd be like, okay, 
Just be patient. It's going to come. And I even get frustrated with him because I felt like I was just taking all my anger out on him. I felt like he wasn't helping me feel better. That's honestly how I felt. Like, I just felt like he was just nonchalant about everything. And then he took a trip. And I'm like, you taking a trip in the middle of me feeling frustrated and I trying to find a job. Like, everything was just going out the window. And I just was upset. Like, I never knew finding a job but in your major would be so hard. Mm-hmm. So, so, so hard. And I felt like, what's the point of me having a degree if I can't find a job? And who better candidate y'all got? <laughs> <laughs> I just honestly, how I felt, I was like, I had good grades. I have a whole Bachelor of Science degree. Mm-hmm. And you telling me I can't find a job? Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> like that's just all my emotions, just all over the place, and it, it was just frustrating. Because mm-hmm. it's interesting that you say all this. Because from my perspective, mm-hmm. it was because you say I, your perspective of me during that time was like I'm nonchalant. Mm-hmm. But as but as you said earlier, mm-hmm. I'm not the type to just sit down and just wallow in you know right. in the frustration. Right. Like I experience frustration. But it's like, okay, I'm off that. Now it's time to go forward and let's let's move on to the next thing. Like, let's, you know, I might have wanted that job, but the job didn't come to me. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, God didn't have that for me. God got something for me. Let me go out and find it. Mm-hmm. Um, but another, so from my perspective, it mm-hmm. was always, okay, that just wasn't the job for you. Let's just keep, just keep applying. Right. Like you here, you here now. I'm not, I'm not in a place where I'm get like my mentality of giving up was just not, not. that's just not an option mm-hmm. to give up. So it's like, let's keep moving forward. Whereas at the time you needed, you wanted to just sit down and just, let me just, let me just give me a moment to just, <laughs> to just be sad and frustrated right, and mad right. or sad and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it's, but it's interesting because you know, I believed in you during that time, but mm-hmm. it was like I needed you to believe in you. So let me also say, you when you link up with somebody in a relationship or whatever, th- those hard times really show like the person that you work with. It's, that is true. And it's how you work through those things that kind of will help you hopefully progress to marriage mm-hmm. or not progress mm-hmm. to marriage. Because mm-hmm. that was my time to discover how she acts when she's under pressure. That you know sometimes it's like okay, you need. I'm give you a moment. Right. We gonna uh after we get over <laughs> this, we gonna we gonna pick it back up and keep it moving. I think that was our first major like disagreement. Mm, talk about it. that was like a tough like like a real blown out fight. When I not a fight, but just like I don't like you right now. Like you not helping my situation. Cause remember, was it during that weekend? Oh, I remember. Yeah. Cause I, cause I went to Boston to support somebody, one of my friends that had graduated with right. her master's. Right. So I went and traveled to Boston mm-hmm. while you were here. I left mm-hmm. you my car. I left you everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, it was just all emotions just building up. So every, you could have been right. doing the right thing, but it's just like I, I didn't want to hear nothing. Everything right you do thing. was a problem <laughs> I was to doing me. The right thing. <laughs> you just had all this bent up frustration. Right. But uh, yeah, I agree. Um, that's very important. But it's funny, like I said, it's funny to hear your perspective on it. On it, because my perspective on it was, of course, let me just do what I can do. Because mind you, at this time, for those of y'all who don't know, I was in school finishing my master's. Mm-hmm. Well, that I think that was my, actually still in my first 
first year, year, year of my master's. Mm-hmm. So I ain't just got a whole lot of bread, but I got enough to, to take care of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding it down. Like she said, she ain't working for five plus months. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here holding it down, you know, in my little on-campus apartment because I was a hall director at the time. Right. So I'm sitting here holding it down, trying to keep her happy, trying to keep her spirits up. So in your perspective, but I just felt that, like I needed I more or something. I don't care. No, no. Is this? I just was upset. You know when women in their feelings, everything just go the window. That's just how we are. Like we ain't trying to hear nothing else. Like it's just like, okay, he just saying apply and be okay. No, we want to scream and and cry and shout and stuff. Like we ain't built like that. So mm-hmm. that was just all I was about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking my head. <laughs> But it's all good now. Um, yeah. So fast forward to you actually finally getting a job, mm-hmm. which that job was a good job. Had you, you stayed at that job for a little while. Yeah. Um, but now, then you decide because at this time you still in your mind want to be a doctor. Still want to be a pediatrician. Your, your original mindset was, you know, I want to be a pediatrician. I want to work with children. I right. I love this, children. All of this good <laughs> stuff. So. Tell me when this process started to change. Tell tell people when this process started to change. How your original uh-huh. idea, your dream, uh-huh. started to shift a little bit. Okay, so I'd say um, within a year or so of um, working in a physical therapy department, I was a physical therapy uh, technician for over two years. But I would say within a year or so of that job, or maybe even less than that, I was like, where was this at in -hmm. school? Why wasn't I notified of... The different fields. Right, the different fields. And I think that that is an issue that we have as far as being aware or being exposed to different careers i had no idea physical therapy was what it is right now mm-hmm. like i we had girls on the track team and boys on the track team who majored in physical therapy that was like uh-uh that that sounds hard biology is self hard and you're trying to make me do physical therapy i thought i was i i feel like in my head i thought physical therapy had something to do with physics or something mm-hmm. and physics just seemed my Which, cup of tea yeah <laughs> so yeah i would say within a year of that um I was like, this. I can see myself doing this. And um, my whole thing of going into the medical field was also to help um, my little brother who was born with um, cerebral palsy. And he's not able to walk, but he's able to um, function normally. He just graduated with his bachelor's in psychology. Shout out to him. Um, Happy birthday, by the way, Bob. Right. Watching this episode. <laughs> And um, I was like, I want to be able to help him walk one day. So I was like, I could do pediatrics and do podiatry. I even looked into podiatry. Podiatry is um, foot doctor. Or the study of foot, I think. Or something like that. Anyways, I just was like, I want to be able to help him. That's the main thing. So I was like, physical therapy is something I really could do. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's when I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I put my foot down, I made a decision, and keep in mind, I had already taken the MCAT, and I didn't do too hard. Yeah, you didn't. 
And I didn't do too well because I didn't study like I was supposed to either. So I was going to give my give it another try, but I was like, you know what? I'm not just, I'm not gonna waste three hundred dollars, three hundred four hundred dollars on no tests. Mm-hmm. So I decided physical therapy is something I want to do, especially coming from a back background of track and not being able to do rehab on myself with my torn hamstring. Right. I was like, this would be good for me. Right. Yeah. So what you mean to tell me? Is that you could have been a PT major in college and potentially went? Hey, you said because you see it has a great physical therapy. Very program. good, very good. So you probably, if you did that, you probably would have just applied there, right? And probably had a nice paying job mm-hmm. once you graduated. Because mm-hmm. I am twenty seven years of age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right at the time, you was 23, 24, 25 at that time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because you so because you didn't have the conversations like in the household about the different careers, it was just about medical school track, and because you didn't have like these conversations about well look at all these careers, mm-hmm. you didn't know about I did not that know process. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to other international students mm-hmm. as far as like that process of not necessarily if they want to build up themselves mm-hmm. not necessarily if they so I, i'm trying to be conscious with this question because mm-hmm. i know some people have a different situation because mm-hmm. you know some people have to stay home and mm-hmm. help out mm-hmm. some people have to stay home because i don't know maybe they got pregnant or maybe mm-hmm. they just don't see themselves leaving the bahamas mm-hmm. or anything like that case and then there's a, another portion of them who want to leave right but they just don't know where to start right how to go about it right. what career jobs are out there what how do I even get started? Right. I'd say um, one thing I'd say, if you, let's say you got pregnant and you was on route to go to school, finish school, whatever the case may be, like don't let that stop you. Like help your child, grow your child up, and then it should be a time within that where you say, okay, it's not, it's now me time. Okay? So you need to find within those years either – a day job, night class, night job, day class. Like, you need to figure it out. Like, figure out what's going to make you happy because you shouldn't settle just because you have a child. A child shouldn't stop you from chasing your dreams. Um, another thing is be get exposed to what you really want to do. Just because your dad or your mom is a doctor doesn't mean you got to follow suit. Just because you did athletics growing up doesn't mean you got to continue into that as a career because let's be frank everybody not gonna be a pro in the sports arena like you you just not like you may be good in high school maybe good in primary school maybe good in college but you gonna have to have a second um um you gonna have to have a second what i'm trying to say a second backup plan yes you gonna have to have a backup plan <laughs> That was a struggle for me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you gotta have a backup plan. Like like me, I did not have a backup plan. Like everything was just okay. Med school, med school, med school. Nothing else. Pediatrician. Nothing else. Track. Bam. That's it. And here I am at twenty seven years of age. Switched what what I even went to school for. Mm-hmm. You know, most people dread biology, and I sit myself mm-hmm. down five years yeah. to do that and, and switch. So I would say be exp- get exposed, venture out, use Google, look up videos, talk to people. Mm-hmm. 
that's the main thing. Talk to people, especially if you see, if you know somebody who you feel like they have a kind spirit, they are will be able to talk to you. Go and talk to them. Maybe they'll give you some insight on something that you never thought about. And then you'll be like, oh, I never thought about that. I could go into that field. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Well, let's first start with the people who are, you know, staying in their, their home country and they decide whether they, whether they go to college or not, mm-hmm. they decide they're going to stay in their country. What mm-hmm. advice would you give to them, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't think it's just unique to the Bahamas having mm-hmm. that work. Everybody helps out everybody mm-hmm. kind of culture. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to them coming from that culture if you're going back to that culture as far as like progressing and creating a good life for themselves? Right. I see it's kind of hard because in jobs back home, Mm -hmm. like literally most of the time you cannot move up unless somebody dies or retire and they be taking forever to die and retire. Mm -hmm. Did that come out right? They be taking forever to die. (laughs) (laughs) I think the people know what you mean. Anyways. So yeah, I'd say, um, if you gotta just stay in your, in your people's house until you ready to go and do what you gotta do, then that's what you gotta do. Don't let nobody, just because I may be moving a different way or faster than you, shouldn't deter you from the same path that you're trying to get to. Like, mm-hmm. he always says, it does not matter how you start, it's how you finish. So, um, that's what I'd say for people back home. Like, do what you gotta do. And please, 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 don't be a burden to your parents. Yes, continue to help out, but you need to find a time within yourself to say, okay, I need to move on. Like, your parents might not be saying it, but you need to find within yourself. If you know you 35, going to 40, knocking 50, come on now. <laughs> come on, let's be real. That, that's a run out of you um, still living in your parents' house. Okay, I mean, unless you helping, if your parents like older, older, and you like helping them out, ain't nobody else in the house, and it's just one parent. Yeah, I can see that, but you need to go ahead and just, just don't settle. That's my main thing: is don't settle. Mm. And I think that's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to just settle for. Okay, I'm just gonna stay at home. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna help out my parents. I I have freedom to go do what I want. I can leave the house whenever I want, but right. I'm comfortable under this roof doing what I want to do. Right. Okay. So tell me about those internationals who do leave, mm-hmm. who maybe they do go out, come to come to the United States, get their four-year degree, mm-hmm. but then they don't like you. Mm-hmm. They might not they might not have a Cameron to mm-hmm. come in and say, "Don't worry, I got you covered. I'll mm-hmm. support you while you're over here." Mm-hmm. What about those people who don't have that support? Where what would you say to them? To find the support, like preemptively. Mm-hmm. I'd say try to network as best as possible within your um, people you go to school with, um, your professors. Mm-hmm. Um, if you in a if you in a Greek um, organization, try to network within your organize different organization. Don't go to don't just go to school just to be going to school and try to get involved in organizations to different clubs because you never know who you can get in um in contact with and they can just have a job lined up for you right after you finish school if you don't plan on going back home. Right. Um. But that's the main thing I was saying. Be able to talk to people like you. Sometimes I'm a shy person, but you have to come out of that little bubble that you're in. 
and just talk to people. The main thing is talking, you know, get your name out there. Um, let people know what you're trying to do. And they will stray you in the right direction, especially if they are very successful. So, yeah, because I see, because I see it, and I see two different viewpoints on on this particular subject. Mm-hmm. Is that you can either you can, like you say, network, get to know people who are older than you, specifically mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. advisors, maybe friends that are, have just graduated or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and see, and even and also other internationals who have gone through the process. So people like you mm-hmm. who have gone through the OPT process, right? Who that can talk to you and say, hey. You need to get on the ball. Like you don't need to apply when you walk the stage. You need to apply for a job starting Before. really in January mm-hmm. and start looking for jobs then mm-hmm. because it takes a long time, especially for international process. Right. Um, but also you could e- you could either do that or if it's just not lining up for you right now, mm-hmm. like go back home. Go back home. Mm-hmm. But develop a strategy to. Either use your degree yes. back home yes. or save money for the OPT so you can transition back. So, like, keep connected to your college homegirl and say, hey, uh, let's room together. Let's do this. And let's, right. so I didn't got to pay X amount of dollars exactly. for rent and all this good stuff. Because it's not just the, not just the career, there's the career piece, but there's also the, all the other stuff. So, mm-hmm. The car. Like you said, you got your car 2017. Mm-hmm. You graduated high school in 2010. Mm-hmm. Came over and went all five years without really a car. Car, right. So, But I did have my best friend. Right. Because of, right, of the friends that you made. Mm-hmm. But not everybody has, has that. that. Right. So it's like you got to think about all the other stuff. Like where are you going to stay? How are you going to get there? Um, buying food in the mm-hmm. meantime. Mm-hmm. Potentially mm-hmm. progressing. Making sure your OPT is up to date. Because... Right yours renewed but not everybody's renewed so like what's the next work visa that I should get so it's like you got to be thinking ahead of time right and it sounds like that even though that wasn't your upbringing to be thinking in that mode that's Mm -hmm. what has been required of you Mm -hmm. to really transition definitely most definitely so yeah great you got Mm -hmm. any any further thoughts for the for the people because um, I'm, I'm willing to wager the people who are not international listening to this conversation have been like, whoa, I didn't know it took all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, I'd say for those who are not American, I mean, not um, Caribbean, I'd say um, learn learn what it takes for us to be over here. Like, a lot of people like to cast judgment or y'all always hiring this and this and that and the third but y'all don't know what we go through to be in these positions that we are over here. Like, we literally spend an arm and a leg just to stay in the United States. And it ain't that serious. Y'all could freely come to the Bahamas <laughs> <laughs> and do what y'all got to do. Uh-huh. But I just say, um, y'all, y'all should read up on what we do because... We need to have some type of law in place to where it's easier for us to get jobs or the process isn't as long because um, we like to travel. Y'all like to travel. So if it's easier, it's easy for y'all to come to our country. I feel like it should be easier for us to stay in, in your country and live a life or advance ourselves. Right. Um, as far as those who want to trace their dreams, I'd say continue to 
chase what you want to do. Like, no one should be able to stop where you're trying to go. You shouldn't let nobody put your dreams down. So continue to keep trucking. Don't settle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's basically it. Because I'm, I'm a living testimony of keep trucking. Um, still trying to apply to school, going in, close into my 30s, and I ain't where I need to be yet, so I'm going to do what I have to do. You're getting there. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that, because okay. you are killing it, because I've been okay. talking, I have been mentioning a couple times on the podcast that you have been killing it this okay. summer, okay. taking 12 hours at once, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you have gotten two A's so far, so we the third A is loading, so then your right. GPA going to be... Uh, pretty pristine yeah. for you to uh, apply hit, hit right. your PT school application. So don't right. be don't be shiny, don't be right. dimming your light. Oh, that goes into one final thing I want to say is if you don't feel like you have the the GPA to apply to a particular school, go back and take those classes over. Especially if you can't afford it, mm. go back and take those over and don't just say, "Oh, I'm not gonna get in because I have a 2.8 or a 2.9 or a 2.5." Like so, don't this. settle for your two point eight, two point five. Mm-hmm. If you do what you got to do to uh, make the adjustment to right. put yourself in a better position, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, before we close out this conversation, mm-hmm. well, we, well, let me close this career kind of side of it. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the dating aspect, because the relationship and the friendship, mm-hmm. like that piece of it, has mm-hmm. has that been different? As far as dating Bahamians versus dating bah- Americans? Um, well, I only dated one American. Well, you, I mean, <laughs> you still went out. You still. Yes, I, I've talk, I did talk had to. conversations. Had yeah. conversations with, um, I'd say Exchange American American guys more forward. No, no, no. Hmm? I'd oh, say American guys. I agree guy, with that one. Oh. <laughs> I can't I say know, I agree with that one. I don't know how to put it. I don't know how to put it. I don't know how to put it. Both Bohemian guys and American guys are both fast. Um, yes. But in my experience, um, both sides wanted to get in my drawers a lot of times. Um, but I would say all guys the same. It just depends on your up- upbringing, how you was raised, the friends you're around would determine. So let me ask you before you before you just say label us all guys are the same. Was okay. was chivalry like a thing in Nassau, Bahamas? Ex- explain. So as far as a a guy should pick you up, mm-hmm. take you out, mm-hmm. pay for everything, mm-hmm. and you know, be a supportive, strong, I guess, somewhat man. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of, I'll say that's a strong picture over here. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. With some guys. With some, I'll say with some, some. guys, because some just don't do Low right. Low down. Mm-hmm. Don't do right. But a good man. A good man. A good man, as you say here <laughs> in Memphis. Um, a good man is going to come come correct. Yes. And so, does a good man, or a good man, in mm-hmm. what? What what do y'all say? What's Mine. the what's the there you go. Mine. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if y'all been hearing on that uh, the accent <laughs> until then, but um, but a good mind. You sound weird saying it. Just say how you in your own voice. The, what does he look like in the Bahamas? Does it look like that or does it? Yeah, look like... yeah. We have good men in the Bahamas. We have good men who would pay for things. We have men who would pick you up um and do what they gotta do. It's just that. That's why I'm trying to tell you, like, it all depends on your upbringing would determine how you 
act towards a certain lady, if you was raised in a, in a family where the lady is respected, you would see that in the man that you date or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, that's why I say it's, it just depends on the guy you come across. You will, you will find that guy who will pick you up, pay for your, your, your nails to get done, your hair to get done, do all they got to do to make you happy. And then you'd find a guy who just be like, uh, you going to pick me up. I'm going to drive your car. So let me ask you how the cultural differences have uh, impacted your relationship with me. Well, I'd say um, how I talk was a real struggle in the beginning because what I could, like a phrase I could say to a bohemian guy, it would be different for him because he would be, he would take that, I think he would take that kind of serious compared to when I would be just be joking around. Mm-hmm. And I can't even pinpoint a statement right now that I could say to you because this was just in the beginning of our relationship. But in the beginning of our relationship, it was a struggle. Like, it wasn't like a struggle like, oh, we both to break up type of situation. Like, it was a struggle like understanding. She's a jokester. Yes, understanding each other I like something. I didn't get the humor. <laughs> he did not. It was all bad. He'd be like, "That's not funny," and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't say nothing to you because you won't get it. Yeah, you won't get it." But as time went on, mm-hmm. he learned. You learned my how I talk, right? Correct. So, how did you feel? Um, in the beginning. So first of all, I had to understand what the hell you were saying. Okay. So that's first and foremost because. Once you get real comfortable with somebody, like you said, originally you were shy, mm-hmm. but once you got comfortable, you start speaking your normal speed, mm-hmm. and when you start speaking real fast, you gotta like your mind, your ear, like your ears have to speed up. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's here's the thing: the Bahamas native language is English. It is. But if you are not prepared for the speed at which they speak English, <laughs> it sounds like a completely different language. And so that that adjustment took me at least. Two months. You learn fast though. But like for me to like hear you like to hear you talk to other Bahamians okay. and understand what's being said, mm-hmm. that I know that took me a good two, three months. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe you, you could cause you probably intentionally slowed down for me. I slowed down for everybody. Cause I was tired of repeating myself. So yeah, so you've intentionally slowed down. Mm-hmm. But for your friends, obviously that nah, ain't no slowing down. Not the case. Um, but but it's just so funny because I don't even think we talk fast compared to other Caribbean places. Don't we don't talk as fast as I them. I don't know about them, so, but y'all, yes, y'all do talk fast. And and that's so crazy because he say we talk fast, but I feel like in Memphis they talk dead fast. Like I barely can understand some of Memphis people. And I don't know if it's because y'all be adding some extra stuff to y'all words. Well, they, they words because you're not from Memphis. They were like main, everything is main and what's another thing? Anyways, the main thing. when they when they um what's when they um checking you, I don't mean I don't know what they be saying. So it's just funny how we say we talk fast. Some Americans be talking fast too. Shaking my head. <laughs> um but okay, so I know one thing for me that was something I had to get adjusted to was the your mindset mm-hmm. that like I, like we've been talking about this whole time like the kind of the collectivist culture and that the fact that these conversations weren't had with you mm-hmm. about okay what do you want to do next right you're like get a job okay yeah get a job but what about after that 
Yeah. 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 And so that's when I think that was something that I had to get accustomed to mm -hmm. was that, okay, she's she's starting from that perspective. Mm -hmm. So I the have presence. to. The presence. I am current, not future. Correct. And so I think, how, let me ask you this. How was that, that kind of, that culture? Because in you being over here, when mm -hmm. you moved to Memphis, you know, you got to meet, you know, different people in my family, of course, mm -hmm. people who, you know, have started businesses, mm -hmm. people who have big houses, people who have kicked their children out. You met my mom, you met my dad who, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you go on to be successful. <laughs> uh, you met my brothers, you mm -hmm. met how we engage. And of mm -hmm. course, I've seen how you and your brothers engage. Mm -hmm. And you see that none of them are home. So that's like, tell me how like, obviously you lived here in America mm -hmm. for five and a half-ish years, mm -hmm. but then you got kind of enmeshed in in American culture, mm -hmm. at least from my, my perspective. Mm -hmm. So what's your question? My question is, what was that like for you? What was that? Was being, being, yeah. being meshed in American culture? Yeah, in a well, in America, in my family, let's say my family specifically, was that was it difficult to understand? Was it learning curve? Was it like what's going on here? Was no. it crazy looking? Was it? No, it um it was fine for me because like I said, I grew up with all boys and two parents, and he has all brothers, one sister, mm -hmm. um one younger sister. The only thing I'd say different is that um, I kind of feel like I'm closer to your um, family now oh, yeah, cause being there. away from my family. I'd say, I mean, that's the only thing. Like, your family really took me in, like, their own. Like, I'm blood, blood mm -hmm. family. Um, so I, f I don't feel like nothing was different with that. Mm -hmm. I don't see no difference. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean? I'm talking about you ain't, just, you ain't giving me no little nuggets about how, oh, yeah, well, you know, we do this, but we well, I saw that y'all do that, or blah, 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 blah. But I'm trying to think about what y'all do that we don't do. I, um, they celebrate all, um, y'all celebrate all holidays and stuff by your mom's house. We didn't have that. Because everybody in the same house, so everybody ain't got to come from different places to celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, Labor Day, um, Independence, all that good stuff. Like, everybody just come over to yeah. his mom's house. And the fact that I think everybody's on the same island over to y'all's house. Right, whereas, everybody on the same island. Whereas over here, we spread out. Right, y'all all spread out. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, but for my family, per se, we all in the same household. Nobody is kicked out. So, mm -hmm. that's... That ain't, that's something we used to doing. Like, I know for me, my family um, pray morning and night. I don't see that with y'all. Like, as gone. a family. No, because we gone. We got things to exactly, do. Exactly, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, that's some, did you do that when you was growing up too? Yeah, it just depends. Like, if it was, uh, what you call it, what's the 40 days before Easter? Not Lent. You know? Cause we're not Catholic, so I don't want to call it Lent, but Good Friday. Good Friday. No, no, like no, no. I know what you're saying. Um, basically, when you fast and pray before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lent, but not Lent. Okay, okay. I feel like I know what you're saying, but the word ain't coming to me. But anyway, we had a culture. We had we were cool and all, but it wasn't like a. I am. I got to go get a job to 
have to help out to stay and contribute. It's like, I got to get a job so that I can get what I want so mm-hmm. I can get on up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it wasn't even like that for us where you have to. It just was like, that's just how how it is. It's understood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So all my say is it's understood that you can't get up out of here. At 18, <laughs> 18 you, you need to plan. Like, like conversations we have with, from my perspective yeah. was, okay, what you, what you going to do when you turn 18? You going to go to college? You going to get a job? What you going to do? Yeah, that's yeah, that was not the case. We ain't even had that. Eight, what you gonna do at eighteen? I will be up in your house. What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's conversations like that that I found uh, interesting in our relationship because, like, when we had that conversation about mm-hmm. how we gonna do our kids when we turn eighteen, right? So that's, I think we come up. I think we decided we're gonna do a combination of the two. Is like, oh yes, we gonna combine. Yeah, as in you can stay, but you need a plan. Right. Like, we need you to build up yourself and you to be happy. So, if, mm-hmm. But if you need to stay here for a little bit longer, then, then that's, that's cool. Then that's fine, yes. But, I'm not going to kick my churn out. No, I wasn't kicked out. I mean, I still left. But um, my, my brothers wasn't kicked out, so why would I do that to my kids? Whereas my perspective is kick them jokers out when they're ready. <laughs> when they're ready. So when you got, you got an apartment, you got a job that can handle it, uh-huh. goodbye. You can come back when you need. You can come use the wash and dryer. All that I cannot. <laughs> but anyway, but this has been great. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you for filling in. No problem. My dear. Um, for those of you who love this podcast, please give me or give us a thumbs up. Not give me. Give us a <laughs> thumbs up. Um, share this with somebody who could really benefit from mm-hmm. hearing this perspective. Right. Um, but keep chase. Keep pursuing your version of the good life. Give us that five star review on iTunes, please. And we will see you next week.